welcome to Travel Notes. I'm your host, Grace McNally, and I'm excited to embark with you on a two-part journey through the rich traditions of Venezuelan music this summer. This episode is part one and features special guest, Venezuelan-born, Toronto-based, award-winning musician Eliana Cuevas. Before we jump in, I wanted to do some housekeeping. For those of you who tune into the show via OM Radio, thank you so much for doing so and supporting Charleston's only independent and commercial-free radio station. And for those of you who listen to Travel Notes through an online platform or you just happen to be uh, tuning in through the FM or online somehow and this is your first time being here, Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoy the show. If you love world music, different cultures, and travel, then Travel Notes is right up your alley. You can find out more about what we do on my website, gracemcnallymusic.com, under the Travel Notes tab, and follow us on Instagram, Travel Notes Podcast, at Travel Notes Podcast. And before we begin the show, let me tell you a little bit more about our special guest. Eliana's music blends together eclectic and original Latin music with elements that draw on Latin popular tradition, jazz, pop, and more. Her newest album, Sere Libre, with the 27-piece Angel Falls Orchestra, named after the world's tallest waterfall, which is located in Venezuela, blends together the incredibly rich traditions of Venezuelan folk music, jazz, Afro-Venezuelan, I do that so much on the show. Afro-Venezuelan rhythms and classical music, which for those of you who've listened to previous Travel Notes episodes know how much we love to make connections through different genres of music and cultures. So it was a real treat to have Eliana on the show. And Sere Libre is the seventh album in her eclectic discography, one that has brought her recognition at the National Jazz Awards the Toronto Independent Music Awards, and the Independent Music Awards in the U.S. Without further ado, let's dive into our conversation. Tell me a little bit about the musical landscape you guys have in Venezuela. Well, Venezuela is a very rich country. It has a very rich culture and uh, many, many different styles and uh, rhythms um, in the musical landscape. Uh, We have, you know, one of the most popular rhythms is called the joropo um it's uh it's an you know it's played with a quattro i don't know if you've uh, if you're familiar with that instrument but it's uh it's it's similar to a guitar but it's smaller it's, uh, and it's got only four strings actually quattro means four um, and we play that um that rhythm with quattro with joropos with the harp um, and uh, bass, you know, traditionally. Uh, we also have uh, Venezuelan merengue, which is a, ry- a rhythm that is in five, that is uh, is very unique, you know. Um, we have uh, Venezuelan waltz. Um, honestly, there are so many, many rhythms. Um, I could go on and on. Um, but, um, you know, I'll, I'll mention first those three, and then I also want to mention the Afro-Venezuelan rhythms because that's kind of different, you know. Um, it's uh, these are rhythms that are played with many different kinds of drums that that you find that are made in Venezuela, um, and that are you know really found there, but not so much outside of Venezuela because they're they're very big and and difficult to transport, um, and um, and those uh, rhythms, the Afro-Venezuelan rhythms. Uh, you basically find different rhythms depending on where you are. There are different uh, 
different styles um, in different cities or, or, or towns, you know, and communities. So yeah, Venezuela um, has a very rich musical landscape. Uh, no kidding. And, uh, you know, in your newest album, Serre Libre, you draw on so many different traditions from popular music to jazz and classical Afro-Venezuelan. What inspired you to bring all these um, traditions together on this album? I always wanted to perform with an orchestra. And when this opportunity came up to create the Angel Falls Orchestra, I felt that it, that it was important and it was a, a great um, opportunity as well to, to showcase some of the beautiful things Venezuela has to offer. Venezuela has been um, going through many difficulties economically, politically, and socially speaking for, for a few decades now. And when people hear and think about Venezuela, quite often they think about the problems that, Venez that Venezuela has been facing. Um, and people are not so much aware of the rich, beautiful things that Venezuela has. So with this album, I felt that it was important for me to, to kind of shift the focus um, and show people, show people outside of Venezuela, um, a bit of the beautiful things Venezuela has to offer. So I feature some uh, Venezuelan rhythms and I also included, um, you know, uh, two traditional songs, uh, Venezuelan uh, classics. Um, as well as, you know, my original compositions. But I, I, I you know, I wanted to definitely focus, um, yeah, on, on my roots, you know, on, uh, on the beautiful uh, culture, music. And uh, I also wanted to uh, highlight um, the beautiful landscape, uh, the, the, you know, the natural beauty Venezuela has. So that's why the Angel Falls Orchestra uh, is named after Angel Falls, which is the tallest waterfall in the world. Oh, wow. And it is in Venezuela. And it's a really breathtaking, beautiful, magical place. So, so uh, you know, by naming the orchestra, the Angel Falls Orchestra, I also wanted to, you know, elevate and, and showcase, you know, this beautiful place. Sure. Kind of going back to the Afro-Venezuelan Afro roots of uh, Venezuela, what... Could you speak to maybe like some of the history there, like what part of Africa did they come from? When did they arrive? And in what parts of Venezuela does this music really land? So you find it in the coast mostly. And, um, you know, there, there were, there were, there is a history, right? Because Venezuela was colonized by by this, the Spaniards, right? So they brought in slaves from all over the place um so i wouldn't you know i don't think I, I i should try to say specifically which part um of africa but um uh, what what i can tell you is that you know because there were so many different um you know many different people right that came many different uh, people that came from uh, africa many different slaves right For, uh, from different parts of africa you also see many different rhythms that developed once once they arrived you know to venezuela so you have um you know different rhythms that are that have been that have been showcased with different totally different drums as well uh, that were created there as the musician and and band leader, what was the most exciting 
or your favorite part of creating this album? And what are some maybe underlying themes that are there? My favorite thing uh, about creating this album, you know, if I if I look back now, um, I think it, it would definitely have to be how so many incredible people, because it took a lot of people to pull this together, right? Um, so, and, and the team that we put together to create this was really exceptional. And um, I couldn't have asked for more, honestly. Like the, the, all the musicians, you know, the, the videographers, the sound engineers, just all the people that came together who, who were also incredible professionals, you know, like incredible at what they do. They were all at the top of their game in this project. And they really, like I could see how much they cared, you know, about the project. So that meant a lot to me. That was something that I am so grateful for because, you know, it's not the kind of project that you can do, you know, with by yourself with one person because it's a lot of work. There are many moving uh, pieces. There are many things that are required to 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 be able to make it happen. So, you know, that that, um, you know, when I look back and just see the incredible team that that we put together for this, and how everybody poured their heart, you know, they really, I really feel like everybody just gave their best uh, for this project. That's something that, that, you know, is definitely one of my, um, one of my favorite things, I guess, just so rewarding, you know, to see. And, and I, you know, it makes me feel um, huge, immense gratitude towards all these people that, that collaborated and contributed so much to this project. Sure. And I think it really is reflected in the music because it's so well it's so well done, and you are really pulling together so many different styles, which isn't easy to do. And then you know, and orchestrating, you know, of course, I'm sure so much goes into it. So I imagine that's the community would be a really beautiful part of a beautiful part of a project like that. Um, so. Let's so we're gonna play Como Yora Una Estrella in the, for the first um, song, and tell me a little bit about this this piece. Okay, so Como Yora Una Estrella um, in Spanish that means the West Star cries, and this song is a song that I grew up listening to, you know, since I was yeah since I was little, and it was. Uh, one of my grandfather's favorite songs, um, and he, my grandfather actually, he, he was also a musician. He was not a professional musician, but he, but he was definitely a musician. He played mandolin and quattro on guitar. Oh yeah, and he played music every day, and he's the one who taught me how to play the quattro. I play a little bit of quattro and. In the afternoons, he would always, you know, ask. He, he would always invite me, you know, to sit with him and to and to play the quattro and accompany him when he would play the mandolin. And he every afternoon, you know, we would do many different songs. But Como Yo una Estrella, you know, was a, a a consistent song, you know, that that would always appear in the afternoons. And it's just such a beautiful melody. And I have really over the years grown to to love it more and more, you know, like I, I feel like I have learned to appreciate more like the depth of the emotion that the song carries. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
And, uh, you know, I feel my, my, my grandfather passed away many years ago, but I, I feel that with this song, I can connect with him again. Yes, absolutely. So it's a, is it a folk song, like a Venezuelan folk song? Yeah, it is a Venezuelan folk song. I absolutely love when artists um, cover and really reimagine folk songs, which is the beauty of a folk song is it's, it's available for the people and by the people. And so I really hope you enjoy this arrangement um, of Como Llora Una Estrella by Eliana Cuevas off of her album Sere Libre. Si un que fue pasión, el suave titila que ayer yo vi en tu dulce mirar, tu amor sentí, tu cara angélica, rosa de abril. Quisiera yo amar y ser la mística oración que hay en ti, pero al no sentir tu raro amor de ayer, mi estrella solitaria llorará. tierna luz de tu lindo mirar que es como el titilar de una estrella de amor y en éxtasis profundo de pasión mis versos tristes yo te brindaré y en tu lozana frente colgaré la estrella de ese gran amor Dame la tierna luz de tu lindo mirar, que es como el titilar de una estrella de amor. Y en éxtasis profundo de pasión, mis versos tristes yo te brindaré, y en tu lozana frente colgaré la estrella de este
esfuerzos tristes yo te brindaré y en tu lozana frente colgaré la estrella de este gran amor. Tell me a little bit about your your musical background. So, do you mean like uh, where what I where I studied? Yeah, yeah. You can okay, as much as you'd like. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, so I first uh, started writing songs um, when I was about nine years old. Uh, in my house, you know, in my bedroom, you know, with a little recorder, I would record myself and write songs. So I would, I would sit and analyze the songs, you know, the popular songs that I would listen to on the radio and try to, and try to understand, you know, what the structures were and noticing, okay, well, there is, you know, there's something that repeats the chorus, there's, you know, different verses. I, I was kind of taking note, you know, and, and trying to, use these these uh, these songs you know as sort of like a template for me to practice and write yeah. so I, st I would write songs um, and then um, I was going to the conservatory I started going to the conservatory um, a little later so I started writing songs first and I was singing all the time I used to sing with my father too who also passed away and play the quattro with my grandfather um, in fact at all family reunions there was always music because I have several relatives who play different instruments um, and then I also started going to the conservatory um, later on in Venezuela. And uh, in high school, I would sing um, in the choir. Um, and then so I was always, you know, learning and making music uh, one way or another. Um, I started taking uh, vocal lessons with who I consider to be the best vocal instructor, um, you know, that that I have had. I've, I've had many different instructors, but this particular uh, instructor, his name was Carlos Almenar Otero. He was actually um, well-known, very well-known in Venezuela, and, and he would audition people before taking them on as their students. Um, I took, you know, several lessons with him, and I feel like he is the one who taught me uh, my technique, you know, my singing technique. Um, because yeah, all the, all the different, uh, exercises, the different things that he taught me are the ones that I still use, even though I have gone through many different teachers and learned different things. The ones, the, the lessons that he taught me are, I feel like are the ones that, I, that really stuck and that really worked for me. Yeah. So, um, then I came to Canada, um, when I was, uh, when I finished high school, I came to Canada and, um, I also studied here at the conservatory for a few years, but I immediately started performing um, because I, I love, so the way that I started performing, um, you know, I was still a teenager. I, I love dancing uh, salsa. So, so I was going to Latin dance clubs and uh, one day uh, there was a band performing and uh, I basically asked them if they needed a singer. Uh, because I wanted to get on stage. <laughs> so they, you know, they invited me to a rehearsal. I started to perform and I started to meet musicians, started to meet um, different people in the community, professional musicians. And uh, I started to work more and more and meet more and more musicians. I continued writing songs. Um, so I feel like, I, you know, a huge chunk of my learning has happened 
doing it, like performing, sure. working with a lot of incredible musicians and paying attention and just getting a lot of experience, you know, touring. Um, and uh, initially I was performing other people's music. I mean, I still I still kept writing uh, songs, but I kept them, you know, I, I kept them um, away. Like I wasn't really performing them yeah. until one day, you know, I showed um, some of my songs to to uh, one of my friends, who a musician as well, uh, and he said, "You know, you should you should record some of these. You know, you should record them." And I was thinking, "Oh, I'm not ready. I don't know. You know, I I, I didn't know. You know that that sure. I didn't feel like like it was time yet. You know, but then I thought, well, you know what? Maybe I'll I'll record an EP just you know with some variety to see what happens. And I recorded uh, five songs, my first EP, and uh, and they were all originals and. Uh, then all these doors started to open and all like suddenly, you know, I felt very encouraged uh, by that experience to keep going. I'm like, wow, I, I did not feel ready. Uh, but uh, but, you know, so many things like I, I just it, it was received really well uh, by by everyone, you know, that came across my music yeah. um, and people in this in the industry started to encourage me to do more and um and you know and musicians friends and i and i really felt like you know what maybe i can maybe i can do this and i've been writing i have so many songs and i'm still writing songs so then i i started recording you know albums um of my music so that's basically you know the way that yeah. it went you know but uh, but i didn't feel ready when i first started i was singing and i was loving it and but I, but it took you know a little bit of pushing from a really good friend for me to finally decide to start recording my songs and then you know the way that they were received encouraged me to keep going yeah so this song this next song Diego was on was one of my favorites off the album tell me um a little bit about the story behind this piece um so Diego uh that song means it's here uh that's the you know the the lyrics you know the oh, sorry the the title means it's here and um, the rhythm that we use is an Afro-Venezuelan rhythm called Mine Curvata. And uh, this song is about adventure, you know? Um, uh -huh. Yeah, about, about taking chances, about living in the moment. That's uh, basically the, the message of the song. And um, in this song, uh, one of my favorite things, and this is something that only happens in this song on the album, uh, I love that, um, well, yeah, Jeremy, who, who is an incredible uh, conductor and uh, orchestral arranger, uh -huh. so he he did the the you know he did that the work for the whole album, and in this song, so he's the, he's also a pianist, right? Oh wow! Um, and this is the only song where he actually plays. Um, he plays the synth. Um, he plays an amazing synth solo, yeah. and um, I think uh, you know it's kind of interesting because we. It, it was kind of like a last minute decision, you know, for him to add the synth solo. And it's really one of my favorite moments in the album uh, because he, you know, he was conducting, so he wasn't going to play at all. And then he thought, you know, what do you think, Eliana? Maybe if we throw in, you know, a synth solo in this one, you know, and he basically did it. Like we were already on our way to the recording session. And I'm like, hey, bring the synth. We'll try it, you know, sure. 
and he brought it and he killed it. It sounds so good. Awesome. I really, yeah. you know, it, it's such a cool part, like it it's really such a cool is. thing, you know, um, that I almost thought, you know, like if we do this again, we got to have more synth because that, yeah. that was such a cool, it was such a cool combination, you know, totally. with, the, with the orchestral arrangement and the, you know, the Afro Venezuelan groove and then and this synth solo, you know, it was, it was, it was so super cool. cool. Yeah. So that, that's, um, yeah, that's one of my favorite moments for sure. So, um, yeah. And I, you know, and I hope that you guys enjoy listening to that too. And now you can, uh, you, you know, a little bit of what happened just before we recorded it. Cause it was really like a last minute thing and, and it turned out so great. I love hearing the stories behind like how songs come together because it sounds so intentional uh, when you listen to it, but it's funny. It's fun to like learn like, oh, this was like totally a last minute or just by chance, you know, yeah. happens. And it often becomes, yeah, that's definitely one of my favorite parts too on the album. I thought it was such a cool fusion. I hope you guys get a kick out of this synth uh, solo as much as I do. This one is called Yego. se hacen realidad llegó contuvo sucesos por mucho tiempo pero esa es oportunidad llegó uno no es suficiente y dos o muchos pero con hambre no se va a quedar llegó con su paso atrevido desafiando a su día nada va a sacrificar deja que tu que se encienda deja que tu que se encienda el humo no me deja ver pero igual siento tu esencia
piel se encienda Deja que tu piel se encienda Deja look like? Do you have like a formula that you go by or does it look different every time? It looks, it looks different every time. Yeah. So depending on, you know, depending on the song, depending on the, the mood that I'm in, depending on, uh, the inspiration behind each song, uh, you know, every, every song has a completely different, um, uh, creative process. Sometimes I may I may decide you know I may hear a melody in my head, and uh, and then you know like I record the melody and then I come up with lyrics later. Sometimes I just start writing you know lyrics. I start writing ide- like uh, lyrical ideas you know on paper, and then I decide to write melody to it. Um, sometimes you know, uh, for example, for some of the Afro Venezuelan um, songs, you know I. I started with those rhythms, like, okay, I, w- I want to write a song for this rhythm. So, you know, it really changes. And sometimes it's just, a, it, it, you know, it may be a feeling or an emotion or, or um, a thought or an idea that I want to share in a song, and maybe they come together, the melody and the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. This next piece we're going to play, Sere Libre, is the title track of the album. Um, what does Sere Libre mean? And um, tell me a little bit about like the inspiration behind this piece. I love how there's like this percussion breakdown halfway through. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit. Okay. So Sere Libre in Spanish means I will be free or I shall be free. And uh, it is a song um, that I always dedicate to Venezuela, right? Because uh, as I mentioned earlier, Venezuela has gone through a lot of difficulties and, and, uh, but I do, I do feel like there is a, a better and brighter future ahead. And I, I, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm an optimistic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, you know, that's why it's an affirmation, you know, I will be free um, because um, I do, you know, see that a better future, you know, for, for my country. Uh, now I, this song, the lyrics, you know, um, can also be interpreted, uh, as a message, you know, to people, to the listener, to kind of set themselves free from whatever is holding them back. You know, um, I feel that a lot of the times we put limitations on ourselves and, uh, and sometimes we just gotta let go of them to, to move forward. So, so it, you know, it has both of those messages in the song. Wow. Now, the, what, we, what we use, we use the tambor de tarmas. That's one of the rhythms, the Afro-Venezuelan rhythms that, uh, you know, that, uh, that I mentioned, because there are many different kinds. But that's, that's the, the, the rhythm you hear, you know, in the, in mm-hmm. the background. And, um, and uh, you know, we, well, Jeremy was, uh, Jeremy Ledbetter, he, he did an incredible arrangement of this song. And uh, I, I find that it's quite a journey, um, you know, 
it's it's actually it's a pretty long uh, song as well, but it really takes you, you know, from from all those um, the way that I see it, you know, like um, with the dynamics. I feel like it really can take you through through a journey, you know, uh, which which can also be the journey, you know, that sometimes we need to go through to set ourselves free. Here is the title track, Sere Libre. And it's worth mentioning that you can find uh, live performances of every single track on Elian's album on YouTube. So I definitely encourage you, if you're digging this music, check it out. And I hope you enjoy this track.
sobre montañas y en la oscuridad sería un sueño sería verdad el alma te quiere encontrar
In your opinion, how does music connect Venezuela to other parts of the world? And then more broadly speaking, how do you think music connects us as humans? Okay, so I feel that um, Venezuela, right, uh, by by sharing some of the music and the the um, the Venezuelan rhythms, the the Venezuelan traditional songs. I think this is a, a great way to connect uh, with other people from different parts uh, because it is a way to to touch them, you know, in a in in a different level. You know, I think that music. And, and going into the next question, I think that music has the power to make us feel many different things, you know, uh, and, uh, and, and everybody, it's a very personal experience, right? Like everybody um, has different connections with different styles of music. There are different kinds of music that will make you feel differently. So um, I think that Venezuela has such a wide range of um, music to offer that by being able to share these different traditions, different rhythms, different songs, different styles, uh, we we could connect and and touch the hearts of people, many different people as well. Um, and uh, you know, there is something to be said, uh, and and I and I speak by. Uh, also, you know, from all the different things that I that I hear, you know, from people who are not Latin Americans, you know, there is something to be said about how Latin music often can bring joy and happiness to people because oh, yeah. um, I, you know, this is what I always hear, oh, you know, from people who are not Latin Americans and of course Latin Americans, you know, you hear Latin music and it just makes you want to dance and, you know, it makes you it makes you feel good, you know, uh, but in Latin America, you know, yes, we have all those rhythms that make you want to party and have fun. But then there is also very heartfelt, uh, heartfelt, you know, um, sad or um, emotional um, kind of songs, you know, that can that can also take you to a quiet place. So I feel that Venezuela definitely has has the power to to reach many people. Uh, through the music, you know, that we have there. And um, yeah, because music, you know, is uh, is something that can really make a difference in, in our everyday lives. You know, we listen to music when we're sometimes cooking or driving or, uh, you know, or having people over, you know, friends at our house or celebrating some sort of holiday. You know, music is always there. Music is mm-hmm. is so important, you know, for, for people's enjoyment, you know. Um, and sometimes not just enjoyment. Sometimes we hear music because, you know, maybe we're sad. Maybe we lost someone and we need to cry. So we listen to music to also let out those feelings so yeah I think music is is an incredible um it's an incredible thing that we have that that can help us in many Mm -hmm. ways too um you know I think you know when we were going through COVID and lockdown you know music was right there the arts in general that was right there with us helping us get through that tough time right definitely so yeah that you know that that's that's what I think about music yeah yes So this is the second to last piece on the album. What does 
Nasaramin and why did you choose this this title for the piece? Okay, so Nasera means uh, born anew, born again. <laughs> and uh, this is a song that I was inspired to write um, uh, by my father. So my father, my father passed away uh, when I was uh, little, but I do feel that his soul, you know, and, and that his spirit uh, has, has always accompanied me. So it's, you know, basically a song that is about the idea of life after death. Um, and this is actually the only song where we feature a rhythm that is not Venezuelan. We stepped outside just for a brief moment because it's it's uh, more of a Brazilian, um, it's like Brazilian samba influence, you know. Uh, and this, uh, you know, I, I've always loved music from from Brazil and from so many um, different Latin American countries. So every so often, you know, I throw in um, a rhythm from somewhere else. So this is, you know, one of the songs um, where I do that. And it's the only one in the album. But yeah, that's the, that's basically the inspiration behind it. You know, it's, um, yeah, the idea of life after death, uh, because I really feel like, uh, like there is something you know, that happens, you know, after our bodies are gone, you know, our physical bodies, and I feel that our that our souls are still around, and um, I believe very firmly on that um, because I honestly, you know, have felt that my father has always accompanied me, even though he died when I was eleven. Yeah, definitely, I I definitely agree, and I think that's really beautiful. Um, I think overall, just the it's cool how you there's some spiritual kind of themes to the album, but then also these very like um, tangible with like what's going on in Venezuela politically, you know, and then personal journeys here on earth um, tied into the music. And I think it's, it's really beautiful. This is the last piece of the show. I hope you enjoy this one called Nasra. Salto un pájaro de rama en rama, las nubes grises no lo apagan, y así salta, él salta y canta, notas esquivas en el aire, que se mezclan con suaves cristales y no permiten ver a nadie. Sacian flores y frutos al caer La salida del sol se acerca ya Anuncia su canto a los demás 
Uh, so do you have any upcoming projects or performances you'd like our listeners to know about? Uh, well, I would invite people to follow me on social media. I have um, my pages on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you know, and if you're in Toronto this summer, I have a few shows coming up. 
including this weekend, um, performing as uh, part of the Toronto Jazz Festival. So yeah, I would like to invite you guys to, you know, to look at my uh, pages, Eliana Cuevas Music. And you can follow me there also because I'll be sharing news about uh, the different projects, different, you know, videos or, or you know, uh, albums uh, or anything like that that I'm doing. And there is a new album that I'm going to release next year. So it's, it's, it's in the works, so I could tell you about that. Um, I recorded with the best quattro player in the world. Quattro is that instrument I mentioned to you before, right? The four string. Yeah. It's like a smaller guitar. Yeah. Uh, his name is Jorge Glem. He's actually quite famous in Venezuela. He's a Latin Grammy winning artist, a Grammy winning artist. He, he lives in Miami and he was here in Toronto uh, in May to do a concert with me here. And then we also recorded an album. Uh, but the album is, you know, it's still in the works. So we're going to be putting it out next year. Wow. So you can, you know, follow me on social media to to find out more, you know, and to get the news when the album is out. And in the meantime, you know, I invite you to to listen to this album, to Sere Libre, and to my previous albums as well, which you can find all on the different uh, streaming platforms and online. You can order them as well, physical copies, if you're interested. Amazing. Amazing. I'm excited about this new album and uh, congratulations on Sera Libre. It really is an amazing work. And uh, thanks so much for coming on the the show. I know you're super busy. You're gearing up for a rehearsal in a few minutes, so we'll let you go. But um, yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for, for coming on. Well, thank you so pleasure. much for having me. It's It's been uh, great to chat with you. And uh, yeah, hopefully I get to meet you in person soon too. <laughs> I know, that would be wonderful. And good luck at the re- at the performance this weekend. Okay, thanks okay. so much. I'll okay. talk soon, okay? Okay, take care. I'll Bye-bye. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview and Eliana's music as much as I do. I think it's so cool how she blends together classical music, Afro-Venezuelan rhythms, jazz, and folk music in a really beautiful way. Um, And this concludes our part one of Venezuelan music, but our next episode comes out at the end of July, and it's going to be part two where we get to hear some live um, Venezuelan music performed in the own radio studio. So definitely stay tuned for that. And if you love the show and you want to support, check out, check us out on Instagram at travel notes podcast, or you can find um, more information on my website, Grace McNally music under the travel notes tab. And don't get too comfy because our next trip is just around the corner.